It's the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast with your host, Paula Price. Taking on the issues, representing Jesus Christ, unapologetically truthful, taking on popular opinion, and now your host, Paula Price. Welcome to today's episode of Taking It On with Paula Price. Enjoy part one of her interview of Stacey Washington. Stacey Washington, co-chair of the Project 21 National Advisory Board, hosts the Stacey on the Right show on Sirius XM. Stacey has appeared on Fox News, Fox Business, CNN, Newsmax, The Blaze, PBS, RTTV, Al Jazeera, the BBC and a host of network TV stations, and has given over 2,500 radio interviews on terrestrial radio stations. She contributes to Fox News Opinion, NRA America's First Freedom Magazine and Townhall.com, and has written for the Missouri Times, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, The Daily Caller, Newsbusters, The Federalist, FreedomWorks, Town Hall Magazine, The Sentinel Source, Payson Roundup, Independent Tribune, East Bay Times, On the Culture, Conservative Daily News, Big Journalism, Family Events, The Beacon and many other publications, both online and print. Enjoy today's episode. I want to thank you for joining us, and I thank all of you for joining us at Taking It On with Paula Price, and we're taking on powerful stuff today. You're going to be absolutely excited about joining us. I have a very special guest and what I consider to be a very wonderful woman of God in the King service. You know, sometimes it's church service, but in the King service, and she is the author of Eternal, Eternally Cancel Proof. And her name is Stacy Washington, and we're going to talk about it. Now, Stacy, I'm going to give you a long rope to say what's in your heart, but I have to tell you, it's going to be a little difficult for me because you hit my heart, <laughs> you know, and it's what I want to hear. So first of all, tell us about yourself and how you came up with a book like this and uh, a little bit of your background that gives you the political weight that you exhibit in this book. Well, so Dr. Price, thank you for having me today. It's a great honor to be on your show. You've actually joined me on SiriusXM a number of times, and we've always had such great conversation about issues facing our country from the biblical worldview. And so that's kind of where this all begins. I've always been kind of politically active, whether it was behind the scenes when our children were in public school, and then most recently for the past almost 12 years, publicly doing radio and you know giving commentary on television about politics. But it's always been through my biblical worldview. And I stumbled across a, it's a, it's a survey that is done by the Barna Group and they are a worldview resource. Uh, it's like a, a phenomenal group of individuals who do research and they, they are at uh, Arizona Christian University and then they also have Barna Group, which stands on its own. And so they work together. And I read their survey about which people in Christianity, people who say, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God, who also hold a biblical worldview. And when I saw how low those numbers were, I began mm. to wonder, well, first of all, do I have a biblical worldview? And second of all, what is what is actually preventing Christians from having it? So I just did a little bit of research. I found a questionnaire on the Family Research Council. Uh, they have a, a website with a little, like a seven questions. And those became kind of the foundation for what I wanted to ask people in my book. But I knew it would be political because let's face it, politics has been elevated to the level of a religion in America today, where people say that candidate is gonna save our country. 
this issue, we need saving from this issue, or we can save America if we solve this issue. When the only person that can save America by saving us each as individuals by a choice that we make for him is Jesus Christ. So I knew I had to talk about the biblical worldview and I wanted to address issues that are really important to us, like abortion, critical race theory, true black history, uh, talking to your kids about politics, how we can influence schools, why we have endless war, why Republicans have such weak leadership and the two party platforms. What are in the platforms and why is one more biblical than the other? And why is the one that's more biblical, the one that's least implemented? And why are the Republican leaders, apparently many of them so weak? So that's where I kind of dove into the research and I put that together in the book, but I kept bouncing back to the fact that God's word has something to say about abortion. God's word has something to say about critical race theory. You'd be surprised at what we consider to be political issues that are not issues at all. They're items covered in the Bible, our basic instruction before leaving earth. That's what Bible stands for. If you ask me, that's, that's what we're supposed to be conferring to and conferring with when we face issues like when does life begin? Who's the creator of life? Who decides when a life is valuable enough or not valuable enough to destroy? Things like that. So I, I came at this first, just gonna write a book about how I became a conservative. And I realized that wasn't enough, that that wasn't gonna satisfy the purpose for me sitting down and writing a book. And so I went further and I feel like the Lord led me to, you know, take my word apply it to these issues and then teach people that politics is actually a tool mm -hmm. and our faith is the worldview that we hold. So the tool is something that we use like a drill or a spoon or a hammer. That's what politics is. It's how we manage government. It is not our religion. It's not our faith. And that's how I got to here where I, I have this book. Well, I'm excited. I read the first part when I read this part about your pointers that you know um the what i like is courageous christian but what a biblical worldview is and why christians must have it and then why republican leaders have been so weak and i went down this list how the silence of christians empowers the left and i went down this and i was going through it and i thought oh my gosh this is the stuff that i've been ministering for decades i have talked about this i teach about it and one of the things that I do, Stacey, is that I like to go back to what I call the uh, the eternal root, because everything that happens in this time, which you are picking up here, everything that happens in the flesh has already been done and sealed in God's realm. We're not inventing anything. I get the question, and I'm going to give it to you. I get the question all the time. Do Christians belong in politics? Is politics of God? And then the bigger question is, do we have to decide between serving in the world and serving the church, specifically the pulpit? Uh, I get that question all the time. One of the things I'd like to say leading into it is that until we got up until Jesus Christ, well, even not even that, up until maybe the 15th, 16th century, there was no such thing as politics versus mm -hmm. Christianity. Yeah. And a lot of our saints today don't even know that Christianity ruled the world, that they are working to erase us, not to displace us. Everything, look at the language, look at the culture, look at all of those things. And so when I talk about it, I talk about it from that vantage point. Do you find that you get those questions and how do you respond to them? 
Well, so yeah, there's a, there in the very beginning. And I talk about that in the book a little bit. Um, I was told when I'd be on radio, you know, secular political radio, and someone would say something and I'd say, well, you know, that's unbiblical or that's demonic or, you know, and I'm just, I'm just speaking in terms that I feel like are very common to all of us, but I would immediately get emails and they'd say, well, you know, this is a political talk show I'm listening to and I'm not listening to it for a faith perspective. And I really thought, you know, it, it kind of pushed me back at first because I was new to radio and I, I was like, well, can I talk about this? Can I, Lord, am I wrong to, to, you know, tell people, look, it's the truth, whether, whether the truth is something you find explicitly outlined in the Bible, or it's just the truth, like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm a woman, which even that's controversial nowadays to declare one way or the other what your gender is. Um, you know, whether I'm declaring a truth that's a personal truth, like I'm a woman, or if I'm saying, you know, that the gates of hell can't prevail against Jesus Christ church, either of those is still true. It doesn't matter if one comes from the Bible and one is just a personal truth. So I decided, you know, I, I prayed about it. I, I'm going to keep telling the truth. I have been told you don't mix religion and politics, but that statement does, does it not Dr. Price actually make politics at the same level as Christianity. So God actually left us specific instructions for tending the garden. He said, I'm at the top underneath me is you man, men and women. Underneath the men and the women are the three spheres. It's home, it's church, and it's government. And you're supposed to manage all three of those. Now, politics is the way you manage government. It's just a tool. So of course I can use my biblical worldview and tell you that homosexual policy, LGBTQ, LGBTQ policy is wrong because it elevates a choice to the same level as innate characteristics. Of course, I can tell you that's wrong. And I can point to the places in the Bible where it's wrong. And then I can point to the places in politics where that incorrect ideological viewpoint is harming children. It's harming men and women. It's harming people in sports. It, it brings harm because it's sinful. I can point that out. And the fact that I'm pointing it out and I'm connecting it to uh, public policy does not, it doesn't change the truth of what I've told. So, you know, that is a good question. People will say, well, how can I be faithful to the church, but also be faithful in discharging my duty to render under Caesar that which is Caesar's? Well, what does the word say? The word says, before I formed you, I knew you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. That means abortion is wrong. So when you go into the ballot booth, you're not voting for candidates who support abortion. You're voting for candidates who don't support it, the ones who oppose it and support the culture of life from, from conception to natural death. That's the way that you discharge what you know is true from the Bible in the voter booth or in using politics as a tool to manage government. Hmm. That's very powerful, very powerful. A couple of things that I have learned, for example, um, we couldn't, if you're talking about going back to the garden, which you and I do, I love that. I mean, if we don't go back to the foundation, then we can't explain the fruit if we don't go to the root. And that's very difficult for people to do. For example, many pastors have long since stopped preaching the Bible, calling it outdated, calling it outmoded, calling it irrelevant for today. So mm -hmm. we have that as a, an uphill climb. Then we have the uphill climb of sexuality. I always teach, uh, Stacey, that Adam was 70 years without a wife. He didn't have sex for 70 years. I know we don't think about that, but he lived 930 years after he fell. So that means, and he had a little bit before he got Eve. 
so we this whole idea of the um, L, LGBTQ, and now they tell me it's two more letters, I and mm -hmm. A. I don't even know what they are, but yeah. maybe you'll help me before we get done today. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that for a long time, it was Adam and God. And when we think about people's gender, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, we have to go back to day six. God made two, gen, two genders. That's it, just two. And uh, and so when we when we when I cover those things, saints get uncomfortable because you your biblical world worldview, my biblical worldview makes perfect sense to us. But think about the people sitting in these churches being told Jesus is outdated, that Christianity is on its way out, that of course we know the evangelicals are dying tomorrow. Um, all of those points we have to weed through that in their psyche, in that soul place, for them to understand. One of the things that I answer, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it, is that politics predates everything, even family, because God called us to be the elect. When you read Hebrews 8, 2, it says Jesus is a politician. When you read why we fell, it says Jesus is a politician. And so, and, and that we are, we are God's elect, which means we elect what happens on the planet. That's another reason why I was excited. But what do you say, because I know you've considered it, to those people who say, well, the Bible is irrelevant, it's outdated, uh, we, we don't even have to read it. I mean, so much so that pastors are switching out to becoming motivational speakers. How do you address that with people who don't touch the Bible? Okay, so first off, my book is full of all of the political issues, but it's also full of scripture. Mm -hmm. And I prove in this book, if you read the nine chapters in the book, I prove to you methodically how God's word applies to everything. One of the specific examples that I can give to you um, is in, in when I talk about the different party, uh, so two party platforms, mm -hmm. I compare the both of them, and then I, I give you the biblical worldview on each of the issues. And I start off on socialism. It's not actually in either of the party platforms, but since the Democrats have socialists within their ranks, I have to address that because people are now asking, is socialism biblical? Is it is it faith filled? Is you know, is it okay for Christians to believe in socialism? And it's not. It's antithetical to God's precepts for us, the way that He's designed our world. to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com. Taking It On is not just about a television show. It is about getting around tables, having discussions, making connections, shaking hands, opening doors, and you might be the solution or the open door to what God has told Dr. Paul Price. And so as we continue to take it on, we want to take it on with you. Partner with us at www.takingiton.com. Thank you for listening to this segment of the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast. Be sure and tune in next time for the continuation of this insightful teaching. To obtain resources and training materials for how to think differently and live powerfully, visit Dr. Price's website at drpaulaaprice.com. Also, follow Dr. Price on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Dr. Paula Price. See you next time.